Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halex. We thought we might talk today about something that we all encounter in one form or another, through pockets of time in our life, or maybe it's something that is like a little uh, monkey that sits on our shoulder and maybe me chatter in our ear or you know somehow wrap itself around our neck at times and feel like it's choking us um we're talking about anxiety we're we'd love to just dig around the topic of anxiety a bit today and see what we can find so luca and i are both coaches professional coaches uh i have we both have training and counseling as well um yet neither of us have a struggle with anxiety in terms of it being something we need to learn to cope with or live with on a daily basis. So I've found for myself, I don't know how this is for you, Luca, but I know that there's, I have a number of very close family members who do suffer from anxiety as a, a daily thing that they need to sometimes do battle with or at least be negotiating with all the time and I have until quite recently felt ill lesser equipped to be able to support them through that not that I suddenly feel like I'm well equipped to support them in it but I've I've I think I have had a a sense of "Mm, this is not my lane because I don't there's a lot of things in counseling and coaching that we can we we can hook into through at least an element of personal experience that gets magnified upon with education and training. And I don't feel like I really have that with anxiety. And so I felt a little bit lame when um, lame meaning like I don't have all the things that I need at my disposal to effectively support someone with that. How has it been for you, Luca? Well, it's, it's um, as you, as you said um, just now, it's not something that cripples me. Um, And I don't have, uh, I have, I have family members who have been through pockets of it, but not, um, and, and it hasn't been explained to me in, in terms of I've been diagnosed with this, right? So it hasn't got, it hasn't reached that level. But I always think of anxiety as sort of a as sort of um, a, an extension of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's 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 in some ways more generalized than fear. I mean, if a tiger's coming at you, you can be afraid of there or a truck's bearing down on you. You can be afraid of that, and it's immediate, and you get a shot of adrenaline, and then and then you jump out of the way. But but with anxiety, it's it's pervasive. It sort of it sort of creeps into your life like a low level fog and just hangs out there and makes you feel generally uncomfortable. And for people, I think, who have it at a more extreme level, it 
it begins to drown out everything else that's going on in their lives. So it's not low level anymore. It's not background noise. It starts to take over the foreground. And because I don't have personal experience with it, as you were saying, I find that I have to do a lot of listening and supporting. Yeah. To, to be and, and let those people guide me in terms of what they need from me. Um, I have had some times in my life where I have felt anxious um, and sometimes in the extreme. And for me, it's been about fears where it was hard for me to do anything about it um, or even sometimes to know where it's coming from or what it's even about. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that sort of generalized, I know not what this is mm-hmm. kind of thing beyond this point on the map there be dragons and I can feel the dragons but I but I can't they don't have names and I can't identify them and it's that kind of so I went through a period of that um just before I met you actually and it's uh it's that for me it's that piece of not of I it's the unknown yeah it's what can't be known by me but is is sort of hanging over me. Right. Um, And I think that's generally true. This feeling of something hanging over you, uh, like a, and, and it's cousin is probably depression. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I think anxiety can turn into depression. Depression Mm -hmm. often comes hand in hand with anxiety. They're, they're often cousins. Um. And, and so what do we, what do we do about it for ourselves? Cause I, you know, when you were saying we may go through pockets of this in our lives, sometimes we go through a little blip of it in the week. Yeah. It, it's something that can arrive for uh, 15 minutes. It can arrive yeah. for a few hours. It can arrive and plague you for weeks or months or, you know, or a year. Varying degree. Like, yeah. yeah. And some people have it for their whole lives. It's, um, there's a few questions that I tend to be curious about when I encounter somebody who is anxious, um, or even when I'm anxious myself. And because I'm an empath, and so I tend to look at it through those eyes, I always have to ask myself, is this mine? Or is this all mine? Right. Um, and I and I know that um, emotions travel along wires of connection to to and from people we love um, or with whom we're in close proximity all the time. So it can be a housemate, it can be a colleague, you know, somebody we're around all the time and we're and we're connected into. Um, and I think that if you have a propensity for anxiety anyway, and you have somebody who's very anxious around you, whether they're aware of it or not, the likelihood that you'll pick it up and not differentiate it and think that it's yours because you've already got some there. So, you know, what's the difference between having, having anxiety at a five level and having anxiety at a seven level out of 10, right? You, you, it, you, it tends to, to piggyback on your own anxiety, which makes your own anxiety feel even more overwhelming. So then the question is, what do you, what can you do with that? So, I may have something to contribute here in this in this conversation about 
um, especially for all of you listening out there who think that, you know, from my description, that you might be, that you might have some piggybacking anxiety, um, which definitely just makes what you've already got feel even more overwhelming. So, so being able to reduce it a little bit and give some back um, with love, it's because I don't like to just send it back, you know, like, here, have this back. It's not mine. Um, I like to send it back with love. And it doesn't require an actual conversation with wherever, whoever it's originally. It's just on, on that internal level, we acknowledge, oh, this is not mine. And I think one of the most important principles around that is, is see, I actually was just talking about this with somebody yesterday and I was explaining to them, sometimes I feel things in my body that do not belong to me. Um, such as someone who's in a lot of pain uh, mentally or, you know, anxiety, et cetera. And then yeah. she said, oh, well, you, they were probably, you probably were making them feel a little better. She said, and I said, actually, that's the crux. It doesn't, it doesn't actually relieve some of the burden for the person for whom it originates. It, it's not the same. Like, I can sit and I can listen and, and by you sharing your story, this may relieve you of something, but that is not the same thing as what I carry sometimes in my body because I have not done my due diligence to make sure I don't just, you know, let these things tag along. And so it's sort of like breathing in the exhaust fumes when you're out somewhere. It's like, yeah, oh, or, or I think of it as, a, as putting rocks in my backpack right yes. and eventually i'm staggering around and the person didn't necessarily ask me to take a rock from them yeah um it's not helping them it's not making their load lighter and i'm staggering yeah it's really important to realize it's not actually impacting their load not that no. that no. carrying no. of similar emotional weight does not lower or lessen the load for them we can engage with our empathy from the point of for the point of gathering information. This is my learning this past year. It's yeah. like sticking my yeah. head in front of the fire hose of that, you know, that's opened up and it's rather than having the fire hose on me the whole time, mm-hmm. there's always this information available. I can choose when to dip into it for information so that I can understand and better come alongside someone with where they are to support them. But I don't have to be in that barrage Thank you for bringing that up. That's a really good point. I, that was my first experience with significant anxiety was with my first husband mm-hmm. was who, who now uh, is receiving support for um, generalized anxiety and the support is great. Learning lots of coping tools, etc. Professional helps really, I think important when anxiety is a thing that is plaguing you regularly and even as we've just owned uh, sometimes um i want to say your average counselor or coach may not be able to help you with the toolkit that they've got so it's important for you to continue looking for the help that will make a difference for you and it does exist it does it, it is possible but when i was living with my first husband i used to experience like this tension in my stomach almost all the time like just this tight stomach feeling and tightness of of breath and breathing and when we broke up and I lived on my own I discovered that that wasn't there anymore (laughs) and I had not and it wasn't because of tension in our relationship we'd actually had a very healthy relationship and it was other reasons that we needed to separate 
but I didn't realize that that wasn't mine. And that was a, a major relief to not be experiencing that every day. I would love for anybody who's experiencing anxiety regularly to experience the relief, whatever it takes to be able to access that. It may be that today, what, how we talk about this may, may be more applicable to people who love or spend, have close relationships with people with anxiety or, your, or a colleague or somebody with whom you interact very frequently, since that's really the area that we've got more familiarity with. And I feel like I want to stay in my lane, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did have a panic attack um, only once, thankfully. Uh, I know that panic attacks are something that can come for people frequently and they are horrendous things. I've witnessed other people go through them as well. And they showed up differently for them than one did for me. Um, The time that it did for me, it was not so much from a fear of the unknown, although maybe it was a compounded fear of the unknown over a long period of time. But then in a situation where there was so much pressure that had been put upon me for such a a significant um, or, or a condensed period of time, so much pressure around running an event and then something was going a little, so I actually think it was the, the anxiety attack came or panic attack came as soon as I realized that I'd navigated it through safely. Mm-hmm. I was no, I was not even in a safe place to have this. I was still at this event that I'd been responsible for running under tons of pressure and with so much, you know, out of my control. But the moment that I knew that it was safe, like the event had successfully launched I ended up in a back room completely falling to pieces. I couldn't breathe. And I was tears running down my face uncontrollably. And uh, I don't even remember if I was sobbing. It was just a matter of just this, this sh- amount of tension that needed to exit my body somehow. And I know for some people it, it can replicate a heart attack feeling of uh, the, the chest pains and, and the heart uh, changing its, its rhythms and it's, yeah very alarming and upsetting and distressing both for the person who's experiencing it mostly for the person who's experiencing it but also for people who are around them and who love them and who are wanting to support them yeah it's a it's it's territory i think to navigate um i think the if if, for anybody who hasn't had a, a panic attack before they don't know what's happening to them so that makes it even scarier when you've had it before you at least know what you're dealing with and maybe you have some techniques that help you to get through it and out the other side right but also you know what's coming and there's this oh my god not again kind of feeling yes, that's true right? i have heard that um and and i think that I mean, I don't know enough about this to be able to say that there are um, always the same triggers um, for any, for anyone, like uh, all of us as a, in aggregate or for it, for some of us individually. I, I know that what creates anxiety for me is um, a combination of the unknown where I feel like I don't have any control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that, it's the big question mark. <laughs> if I had to choose a symbol to represent it, it would be this um, almost a question mark in the, sh- in the form of lightning. <laughs> yeah. Because it's got a lot of energy around it, but I don't know where it comes from or what to do about it or 
how it's going to unfold or, and for, as human beings, we don't do so well in the unknown. Yeah. No, tends to freak us out. Right. So we were, we were thinking about um, what is it? And what I was thinking about, what's the opposite of anxiety? Like what's the thing that we're aiming for if we're not anxious? Is it, is it confidence? Is it calm? Is it peace? Um, like strength, like what is it that well, we aim for? So I've got a visual coming to me that I think might yeah. help. So if anxiety were to be represented by a boat on the water in a storm where you can't control the storm and you've lost your rudder and you're just, you're, you're in the right? Don't you're just going to have to ride, ride through it. Yeah. Then... The storm is what is outside of you. You don't get to choose whether the storm is there or not. That's external. Yeah. Perhaps the opposite of anxiety would be being able to have an anchor or a rudder, something that you can send deep that will hold your core while the tossing about happens. I feel it's like, like an internal calm, right? Uh, uh, an internal anchor. It's like an anchoring. There's something about security, something about anchoring, but it's not, a, it's, it's still owning and accepting the storms that come because here, this is what I have noticed so much around either the bouts of anxiety or super worry that I will go through and what I hear from my loved ones when they're in it. Yeah. is is an intense need to exert control because you feel so out of control. And so mm -hmm. we start micromanaging absolutely everything we can get our hands on yeah. because it's giving us the sense that we're doing as much as we can. And somehow it's, it's like holding down the boat, battening yeah. down the hatches and holding all of the things on the boat. Whereas these are things that are within our reach, but they don't actually change the fact that there's a storm going on. So yeah. we can only control so much. There is so much that will always be uncontrollable. And so this is where the coping skill of controlling doesn't end up solving anything. Mm -hmm. And sometimes can make things miserable if we seek to exert that control over the people around us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boy, did I have an epiphany recently that, that helped me understand that this is the dynamics that exist between me and my father. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the uh, controlling kinds of judgment that I felt from him as an adult, I've realized are because he has, anxiety all the time which I didn't clue into before mm -hmm. and didn't know what you were looking at yes yeah and uh and this was how he was trying to manage it was to manage me so that he wouldn't be so worried about me because I'm such a renegade I'm off doing my own thing all the time I must be the absolute epitome of the unknown activating all the time <laughs> yeah. yeah with so no safety net and all of those kinds yeah. of things that people worry about right yeah. yeah so this I feel like we're edging into the territory of how do we cope now yeah, yeah. so if we, knowing the opposite so 
if, if we, you know, that's one idea of an opposite. What do you think is the opposite? I, uh, the first thing that came to mind for me is a sense of calm. And how can you have calm in the middle of a storm, right? How, and, and so I like your analogy of the boat and, and dropping anchor, but did we have to drop the anchor on a metaphorical level into ourselves somehow, um, because we're still going to be tossed around on the, on the waves of this, of this great storm. Um, and I was also thinking about what happens. One of the things that I feel comes spins out of anxiety is worry. Yes. They're, 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 they're just, they come together. And um, I had a, I had some advice come through for one of the people who, for whom I was doing a reading and it was about, it was talking about worry. And it said that, and I think I might've mentioned this on another one of our shows that worry is like taking sandpaper to your own skin, Uh, but it doesn't, it, you know, takes, takes off a layer of your interface with, whatever it is that's worrying you but it doesn't it doesn't solve anything right it doesn't change anything my dad once said i have died this was from a quote i don't remember who the author was of a quote so mm-hmm. it's not i can't it doesn't originate with him but he he's yeah. taking it on right mm-hmm. yeah i've died a thousand deaths that i've never actually died yes yeah so the only thing that's worse than being than the thing that you're afraid might come is is living it before before you get to it. Yeah, in a way it is lived. Yeah. It, it's the worry and the anxiety combined together cause the yeah. brain yeah. to live in a possibility that is yeah. a dire, negative, yeah. disastrous, horrendous, painful possibility. Yeah. But we, it's like we bring it into the present and we're living in it now, but we live in multiple forms of it. Cause it's not like we yeah. can only envision one way that things could go wrong. Right. We can envision yeah. 20 of them and then we hold all of those as though we're as though by anticipating it and by bracing ourselves for it and by responding to the emotions or or the distress that we're going to have if that happens and then do it now let's start it now oh my god it's exhausting it's exhausting exhausting. yeah yeah i was thinking about worry the other day because somebody said to me uh, it's not actually useful for you to tell me that worry doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's not going to change it, right? Um, but I think that worry is another piece of that control. I think yes. that we feel if we're worrying about something, that it is a form of doing something. Yes. And it it makes us more responsible instead of saying, well, there's nothing I can do about it, so I'm not going to worry. Yeah. Um, which sounds in, in our, the values of our culture sounds irresponsible. We always think that somebody's worrying about something. Well, at least they're aware of it. At least right. they're trying to do something. Right. But it, but the, the wear and tear on our emotional and, and physical vehicle when we're worrying all the time is um, pretty dire. It, it's like rubbing our own skin away, really. So what do, we, what do we do then with that? Yeah, the adrenaline that's required in order to yeah. Yeah. Uh, maintain the alertness that worry and anxiety is demanding from Backs us. Backs up our cortisol levels. My brain is still is still turning around, turning over this concept of opposites. Because yeah. there's if you think about, we, we often talk about love and hate and some we put those as opposites to each other, but they're not. The opposite no. of love is disinterest, complete lack of, 
any yeah, apathy. Yes. Apathy would be the perfect word for it. Yeah. So when I think of worry, the opposite of that, I feel is obliviousness, like complete yeah. lack of any crossing of awareness. Yeah. Or, yes. Yeah. Being so unaware. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's important for us to check in on that because it's not to say that the opposite is the desired no. state. No. It's, no. It's the other side of the pendulum swing when really where we need to be is somewhere in the middle. So worry is, is, is about caring and yeah. wanting to apply due diligence, wanting to put attention on actions that can be important for avoiding potential disasters or mitigating things, etc. This is at the core, that is, that is okay. That is a decent thing to desire. So really, yeah. it's sort of like we need to identify where is this cutoff point? At yeah. what point am I edging out of the territory of applying due care and attention and yeah. into fretting, ruminating this like circular? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like maybe the balm for this is to do what we can for what we anticipate is like making contingency plans without right. going into overdrive around them, which is you get into OCD, right? But, but just taking due care mm -hmm. and then finding a way, and I'm not sure what the way is to, and maybe it's through some sort of spiritual practice. Um, maybe it's through breathing. Maybe it's through meditation. I don't know. Maybe it's through being out in nature, but to get to that place of trust and faith, um, in, in something that's greater than us, bigger than us, because we, and that's after having done what we can, right. What we can see to do. Yes. Right. And I would couple that. I think that is, I can access that. I have a faith that, that yep. can support me through that. Yeah, I, and I'm thinking what happens if you don't have a faith, right? Exactly. Because I have a faith too, but I not everybody does. You could say there's this is accompanied with, and therefore for those who do not have a faith that they could reach into or, or dig into with this, it is about release. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you and really you and releasing to what, right? Yes. And release and the release. So then, but I, this is conversations I have with my son around. So how do we release? And a lot yeah. of folks who are, who are suffering from intense anxiety or, or, frequent anxiety or plagued by whatever a moderate you know amount on the scale of anxiety struggle with this to find those things that will help them release because mm -hmm. they're usually very good at doing the thing that needs to be done sometimes they're not sometimes it just just gets circular and you just get stuck in your own head and you actually find it paralyzing and you can't do the thing that you can, you can do so it's important to do the thing that there, that it is possible to do in this moment because there may be other things yeah. you can do yeah. another time. Like if you wake up at 4 a.m., you can't call whoever or no. you can't go and you know, sometimes well, you cannot you can take action in this moment. So there's also an element of being here now in this yes. specific and moment. And not living out into the future or, or being terrified because of something that has happened in the past that could happen again in the future. Yes, yes. So... I feel like this being here now often, especially if this is something where we struggle with this, the best way to start 
practicing that the being in the now versus carrying the future is to engage in the senses because the senses are giving you real-time information. So Mm -hmm. is your body safe at this moment? You know, where, where is your body? What is happening in your body right now? Taking stock of what's going on. Um, Is your, have you been fed? (laughs) Have you gone to the bathroom? Have you bathed yourself? Have you taken care of physical, physical needs for yourself? Um, Mm What are you smelling? Can you smell something that is pleasant, something that is comforting? Um, mm-hmm. Same with food. I think this is why a lot of times we we call it stress eating or anxiety eating. It's one of yeah. those things we're actually trying to be in the now by feeding our body mm-hmm. something that feels familiar and comforting. It's like this is one of the ways in which we try to mm-hmm. anchor into yeah, and it, and and we may go into overdrive on it. We may oh, yeah. overuse that yeah. piece well, of. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe, but, and so I think it's often spoken down to, but maybe there's a way of engaging with it very deliberately. Like, you know what, this is something that will bring alive my taste buds, but I need to savor. I need to find the enjoyment of this comfort thing for the purpose of anchoring in the now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then what are the things that you know? So checking in with what is present. Like, right what now. do we know to be true, right? What do, we know to what be do true? I know to be true? Yeah. Yeah. And what am I already successful at? Where in my life do I have control? Yeah. Right. As opposed to the areas where I don't have control. Right. Right. I feel like it's time for us to, to dive into our first song for today. I agree. We're, we've got a whole bunch of things here. So let's, I'm having a hard time choosing. Let's go first with Little Talks, I think. Oh, I'm so torn. I've got so many songs that I think would, would work really. Okay, we're going to go with Little Talks by Of Monsters and Men, um, which I feel is like a little conversation between a wife and an absent partner. I don't know if they're married, whatever. The, a, a woman and an absent partner, whether they've passed away or they're just far away. And there's loneliness, there's some anxiety, and it's like the, the the spirit of this person is talking to her to seek to comfort her, to help her navigate this, navigate through this. And I feel like this is a co- both representative of a conversation that can happen in between our mind self and and you know me and myself and I, but also yeah. could be a it's way in which crowded <laughs> could yeah. be a way in which we reach out to our loved ones. Um, to try yeah. to help them remember the things that are true and remember what is present and to just be, you know, careful with themselves right now. Let's take a listen. Yeah. Uh, Little Talks by Of Monsters and Men. We'll be back in just a few minutes. So hold my hand, I'll walk with you, my dear The stars creak as you sleep, it's keeping me awake It's the house telling you to close your eyes And some days I can't even trust myself It's killing me to see this way Cause though the truth may bury this Shit will carry on Safe to the shore. 
and full of love Some days I don't know if I am alright Your mind is playing tricks on you, my dear Cause though the truth may bury this Shit will carry our bodies safe to shore Disappear. All this life is a ghost of you. Now we're torn, torn, torn apart. There's nothing we can do. Just let me go, we'll meet again soon. Now wait, wait, wait for me. Please hang around. I'll see you when I fall asleep. Don't listen to Welcome back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We just listened to Little Talks by Of Monsters and Men. Um, before we dive back into our topic, which is anxiety and searching all around, what can we... What can we untangle around this very complicated subject today? Um, I want to do something that I feel is like what we described a bit earlier, which is like sending down the anchor <laughs> for where are we now? And yeah. that we do this every week. We take time to acknowledge uh, the land that we live on, that we work on, that we play on. Uh, we live in the Vancouver area, which is the unceded ancestral territory of the Squamish, the Musqueam, the Tsleil-Waututh, and the Coquitlam nations. And we remind ourselves this every week, more frequently than we do just on the show, because it's important to remember who we are and where we are and what has come before. Um, it's part of informing us for how can we be conscious and engage in a reconciliation, a healing, a better way forward than has been engaged in so far. 
there's something about that process that we do with the land acknowledgement that I feel is very similar to what we're kind of it, rooting it here, for. Doesn't it? it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the remembering who we are, remembering where we are, which is very much about it's, it's about the present. It is being informed by the past yeah. so that we can make wise decisions for the future which is part of that piece of we do what we can. And then we must release the things that are outside of our control, to, whether it be to the greater power, we, the trust of the world around us, however we find peace in that. Finding how to release is going to be such an individual process. What do you do, Luca, to let go of something that is just occupying your mind? It's spinning you in circles. You can't seem to let it go. What do you do? Well, I was thinking about two, two words, um, respect and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that we take responsibility for things that are not ours to take responsibility for. But I also think that we sometimes don't take responsibility for things that are our responsibility, like um, respect for the land yeah. and the people who have been more respectful of the land than other people have been. And settlers were, when they first came here, were very connected to the land. They, they needed to be, but they had to learn a lot from the people who were already here. And I, and I feel like that transfers across as a metaphor for what, what is already here in me that is a resource for me, that is already proven and tested in my life. Um, so, so it's one of my ways of, of reorienting myself is to come back to um, what, what do I already have in myself that I can trust and respect? Because there's, there's always where, way more of that than there is of the thing that I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. So, so what is that? And we learned a great um, technique for that when we were learning about coaching. And we, and we talked about um, that appreciation of what do, what do we already have that we're, we're, we have had successes in our lives. Um, what is it in my body that I find easy to access? Um, what in my life makes me feel good and competent and strong and supported and where can I find more of that and sometimes it's just in the memory of the fact that I have had it if I had it once I could have it again right it's it's not outside of my experience it's within my living memory um, and that and and I think that also involves respecting myself like respecting that I am a whole human being, that I'm not just the pieces that aren't going the way I want them to right now. Mm -hmm. And it, there's a tendency, I think, in our culture to, to fall into the not enough-itis, right? I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough of whatever it is. But, but then I can conversely say to myself, well, what do I have an abundance of? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that information is inaccessible to me because I'm feeling so low that that I just can't find it and right. that's when I have to go to the people I love and trust and say 
that be a mirror for me right now. Like, what is it that you value about me? What have you valued about me in the past? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so that I, and that's part of that piece about finding an anchor inside myself. And I think, and the, and the other piece around this is to put things down. Mm-hmm. So when it's four o'clock in the morning and you're lying there in bed worrying mm-hmm. and therefore also hearing the snores of the person beside you and the, and the dog barking down the block and all of that, because it all becomes super loud when you're, when you're not able to fall asleep. But, but what do I need to be able to put down? And sometimes it reminds me of, of if you've got a pain in your toe, if you whack your finger, then you don't feel the pain in your toe anymore. I'm not, I'm not talking about creating more pain for ourselves, but I am talking about um, that thing that we do with little kids when we don't want them to play with the, with the knife in the kitchen. We take the knife away and we offer them something safer. Yeah. So I, I feel like when we're in bed at night, that we need to offer ourselves something that, that does feel good and calm. And sometimes that's just our breath. Yeah. Like it's just that reminder to breathe, to breathe and to focus on the breath, to breathe deep right down to our toes. Yeah. I've found that listening to um, yoga nidras or sleep meditations that are helped to get you to go back to sleep that are specifically um to addressing anxiety can really be helpful i'm one of those people that can wake up at 4 a.m and just be stuck in my thoughts um sometimes i need a little um, medication help and i it it is important for me to allow myself to access that at times so that i can have the energy and the strength to be able if i'm in the middle of a storm it really doesn't serve me well to lose the sleep that i lose in the middle yeah. of the night, right? Which just becomes another part that I'll worry about. So yeah. doing what I need to do to help my body access sleep is important. Mm-hmm. There are, um, I remember something that I'll often send to clients is there's a website called Pixel Thoughts, um, P-I-X-E-L, and then the word thoughts. And it has you do a little exercise where you put your thoughts your stress into a, a, a bubble and then it does a thing with it and you watch it and it's really quite helpful for uh, doing something to our brains not for everybody for some people it really works well some people don't have problems with sleep when they get anxious yeah. some people do the opposite and they turn everything off and they do nothing but sleep right yep right I've been there too. Uh, and they and their thing is how do they wake themselves up how do they give themselves a focus and a purpose so so we're talking about different methods for different people depends on depending on how their anxiety manifests right yeah we've got to do some exploration for myself if I'm really really twisted up (laughs) I need to go to my sacred spot and I'll sit there and Mm -hmm. it's like the wind and the waves and the eagles and the rocks and the trees do their gentle work on me to uncouple it. Some people need exercise because that allows their brain to process. That's also, you know, even just a fast walk or a a jog or something tends to help me if I've got my brain running in circles as well. Um, It's also a way of coming back into our body. So whether we're, we're doing um, a very, a very calm form of movement, like something that doesn't get our heart rate up, but but squeezes our body in some way, right? Like <laughs> there's a lot of yoga poses that do that, that, that are um, beefing up your lymphatic system and 
getting the blood circulating in your body and getting more oxygen into you. And sometimes that's really helpful for, for many people. It's about like serious motion, right? They need to go for a bike ride or a jog or a walk or. Um, Which again, forces that physicality forces us to be in the now. Yeah. It, it, it reels yeah. the mind back in from where it's been. And for right some out. people, it's creativity, right? So for some people, they need to do something that's creative. It might be pick up a guitar and play a song. It might be that they need to doodle something or write something or um, read poetry out loud. Or yeah. um, for me, sound is really important when I'm, because I, if I, if I get anxious, I'm jangled. Yeah. I need, I need to not hear the music I don't like and hear more sound that I do like. Yeah. Um, bird song does it for me, funnily enough. Um, sometimes the sound of rain will do it. So I have recordings on my devices around the house of, of nature like that. Sometimes a big bangy, crashy thunderstorm will feels like it will do it sometimes it's a chant like a gregorian chant mm -hmm. um, or music that just is great to dance to so we can dance around our living room sometimes you know or our kitchens or our bag stoops or wherever yeah i feel like it's time for us to play another song yeah uh the next song that i've got picked up is avant gardener by courtney barnett and this song i've chosen because there's something very normalizing about the way Courtney is singing about her daily life and encountering some anxiety. And she, the refrain of the song is I'm having trouble breathing in, I have some trouble breathing in, not being good at breathing in. And I'd like our takeaway from this to be, we all go through this. We all go through this at some point. Some of us go through it very frequently, but we're also very much not alone in yeah. going through it, even frequently. And there's something about anxiety and worry that seems to speak to us that we've got terrible luck, that we've got, an, like, we're especially bound up. Our problems are uniquely... Yeah. Worse than everybody else. Somehow. And it's, like, it's, yeah. a, it's a bit of a lie, um, which just compounds things. It's, a, it's an isolating factor. So this song, I hope, will help to kind of normalize some of that. So that's Avant Gardener by Courtney Barnett.
back to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We just listened to Avant Gardner by Courtney Barnett. And um, we've got just a few minutes left. So where do, what do you think we should do to, to um, conclude this today, Luca? Like, what's your takeaways? Or, or even, what, how do you plan for something that you know is going to stress you out or cause you anxiety, or you can just feel the storm coming on. What do you, what do you do for yourself? I remember when I was, uh, um, I've done this in a few workshops. I haven't, I haven't, not when I've been running them, but when I've been a participant where you write a letter to yourself and you write a letter to yourself from the, from a place of being in a good space Mm -hmm. um, to a few, to your future self. And you can, you can get send it to somebody and ask them to mail it to you on a certain date, <laughs> or you can also um, put it away and go and get it out when you know you need it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like your past self is sending you a message of reassurance. And I, I think that it's w- whatever it is that we need to remind us that we are whole beings and that we are the sum of all our parts. 
and not just the part that isn't working or the part that's causing us pain right, right now. How do we remind ourselves of that? And there may be lots of different creative ways to do that. Yeah, I like I like what you've said there. That's that's something that I've done too. I've I've written actual letters, but even my journal, which I use when I'm have been through things, and so it's helpful for me. Even if I've only written about the hard times, I go back and I read it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I made it through that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I made yeah. it through that. Oh yeah, I made it through that. <laughs> and I start to re- witness evidence of my resiliency. Mm-hmm. And witness evidence of even when things like are going to come crashing down, it turns out to just be a wave that yeah. crashes. Sure, it crashes just like a wave crashes, but then it retreats and it's not a tsunami. And the wave leaves little shells, little gems, little treasures on the shore, stuff that has more opportunity. Yeah. So it's never a final bam. It's, it is hard. It may be chaotic, but we get through it. And there are good things that come even from this. We can't see them. Yeah. We can't see them until it's gone. Yeah. And I think we need to search for opportunities to celebrate. To oh, celebrate yeah. anything. To celebrate the end of the week or, or a small victory or somebody else's victory uh, where we were able to help them to get there, like whatever it is, it puts us in a different mind space than, than the noticing of what isn't working. It doesn't not, it's not uh, as a way of forgetting it um, because I, I don't want to wipe out people's reality and deny it and minimize it. But I think it's, it brings back some, some balance, some much needed balance. And I do think that it's really important to support each other in accessing therapy and yeah. possibly Resources. medication and medic, medical, uh, you know, um, pharmaceutical intervention. Mm-hmm. I dealt with an incredible depression that meds really helped me come out of the dark place and enable me to be able to take positive actions to get things through before. And for some mm-hmm. people, it makes such a difference between night and day that they end up wondering why did they not do this before? You know, like it just, it just opens the, it's like, it lifts the lid off and all of a sudden you can see blue sky again. You're able to breathe. You're able to take conscious action. So, you know, we exhort everybody, you know, if you struggle with this, you don't have to struggle forever. There are helps available. Please do avail yourself of them and don't give up until you find something that works. You deserve to be able to live a life without the oppression of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And we are whole. We're bigger than the piece that isn't working. Mm-hmm. And until next time, we wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep, yep. Oh, happy, 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 boing, 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 bo